health, parenting, finance, travel, and home improvement. This is the Suburban Folk Podcast. Welcome to the Suburban Folk Podcast. I'm Greg Rodersheimer, your host. Today is May the 17th, 2021. Big news from last week is that for those who were vaccinated, according to the CDC, now can be outdoors and I think in most indoor spaces without having to wear a mask. For those that have not been vaccinated, business as usual. But for me, it seems to be one of the first signs that we are starting to get on the other side of the pandemic, at least from the standpoint of lockdowns. I am not going to go into people's thoughts or my thoughts, at least anyway, about what the risks were and what we should or shouldn't have been able to do throughout the whole pandemic and up into this point. It's not that kind of a show, but at least officially anyway, if we can use the CDC or other government entities like it as a benchmark for where we're at overall, being able to not have to take a mask everywhere you go if you are vaccinated is certainly a benchmark towards the direction we want to go into what will be somewhat normal life. And what I wanted to do with the episode today is I know for me and probably a lot of other people, you say you're going to remember lessons from certain stages in life or events in life. And then day-to-day activity sets in, you get back to old habits, and then you don't really have any benefits from whatever that situation was that you went through. So I thought it would be a good time to reflect on a couple of the habits that I'm hoping I can stick with and those lessons that I've learned. This show is labeled as a parenting show and mainly because I am a big advocate of work-life balance, and I feel like that's because it's to the either benefit or detriment of your family. And for me, family definitely comes first, and I want to take every advantage that I possibly can to make time for my kids and for my wife and do the things that we want to do that make life worth living. So that's what I was going to talk about today is what that means to me, what I've been able to do during lockdown that I'm going to keep it front and center. So I don't just go back to the way things maybe otherwise were. And and really that front and center thing for me is the flexibility of being able to work from home. Of course, I know everybody has not had that opportunity, especially if you're a frontline worker. This has been, I would imagine, the most stressful time in your working career. Kudos to you and may not necessarily relate to the work from home aspect, but bringing that to the kids part, my favorite thing about being able to work from home is being able to get to the bus stop. As a matter of fact, as I'm recording this, I just picked my son up from his bus stop. He gets an hour to relax and unwind from his school day while I finish up my work day. And I don't have to worry about after school care or other things like that. We can talk about what went on through the day. That's golden time. Never going to get that back. So happy that it's something I'm able to take advantage of. 
And it makes me think long term, what is that going to look like, whether I'm able to work from home or not? Uh, I mentioned the after school care or activities. If I can keep my schedule as such, some version of it, at least anyway, where I don't have to rely on somebody else for after school care. I am absolutely going to do that. In fact, I know I've mentioned my oldest is a kindergartner. So this is the first time that we are having one of our kids have summer break. We've got a bunch of the different activities set up. We've got grandparents coming so that not every single week will be shipped from one place to another, but we've got a little bit of that. And of course we've got our vacations <laughs> enter my plug here for, I don't know why we don't have uh, all year school and we can take advantage of vacations in the winter months, both because it's cheaper as well as I kind of would rather go to warm places when it's super cold here rather than when it's already warm here. That's another topic for another day. Uh, and it also has made me think about the decisions we've made up to this point. Nearly every single parenting guest that I've had on the show, especially of course, if we're focusing on infants and into toddler ranges, the various choices people have for childcare, whether it be one of the parents able to stay at home, if that is an option, if it's a standard all-day daycare or not all-day, like the preschools that are out there, whether that's in a center or it's somebody that has a daycare out of their house. And then I know there are definitely people in my circle that actually have a full-time nanny that's able to come every day and watch the kids so that they are able to stay home and they don't have to get them to and from daycare. At least I think we've really peeled back some of the considerations for each one of the options and rightfully so anybody that talks about the topic on the show says, of course, there's no wrong answer. It's what the parents are comfortable with and, are able to accommodate as well as what they are able to afford. So for example, when we talk to single parents, of course, it really, well, it very obviously is not an option to have another parent stay home because they've got to make a living somehow, uh, but also having family around. How much are you able to rely on your parents, i.e. the kids' grandparents, et cetera, et cetera. Something that I have not had a chance to share on any other episode. So, hey, when I do these solo episodes, I might as well share things that I've wanted to bounce off of other people on my own. For people that do have young kids or maybe aren't quite to the point of having kids yet, and maybe you haven't made the decision yet of how you're going to do your childcare. Or again, like me, maybe you thought you knew what that was going to look like and whether it's been lockdowns or something else that's made you rethink. I was going to share a little bit of my journey in figuring out or, or just even how I viewed childcare. As I've also mentioned on the show, my wife is a doctor. So I would say to any of my friends or family, of course, she was not going to be a stay at home parent. And also anybody that knows me knows that I can't cook, I can't clean, I can't do pretty much anything that it takes to run a household effectively. So just in my head, my assumption is 
that we would both be working and there would be some form of daycare, presumably a daycare center. Of course, we did all of our research for the different options we had and made the decision based on location, based on reputation, of course, being the the primary one, both um, from uh, ours and the teachers and the education, how well prepared they are for kindergarten et cetera, et cetera. And actually they've been really, really good. As a matter of fact, even through the pandemic, again, putting these themes together, some of the complaints that we would have, let's say, for example, the snacks that they were giving the kids during the day, you know, goldfish or some juice, things like that. That, of course, a kid of the eighties, we grew up with that all the time. And it makes me wonder, Oh my gosh, how are we not like out of our minds with the amount of sugar and, and other bad food that we had going on? But Hey, we lived. Uh, but uh, I definitely fall into the category of newer parent, I guess, as far as being more sensitive to what they're being fed. But even with that I have finally come to the conclusion that that's kind of small potatoes in the grand scheme. Really. It's more about. And the interactions with the teachers and what kind of social interactions they're they're getting, um, but there was a period, uh, probably two years in, I'm going to say, into daycare that I started to see it differently uh, beyond just that assumption that well, I work, my wife works, this is what we're going to do as far as what behaviorally there could be manifesting itself with the kids or, or is, is there something super detrimental about a daycare center or other setups beyond, let's say a stay at home parent. And I, gosh, I kind of forget a little bit. I was probably when I was in between jobs to be very honest, where I was wondering whether or not it would make sense to stay at home for some amount of time. And I, I started doing more of this research and, just like everything on the internet, you can find information that confirms the decisions or the way that you think. You can also find things that will make you go nuts because you're going to second guess yourself about every single little thing that you've decided to do. And everybody's an armchair expert. All of those kinds of things are, are definitely the case. But the reason I wanted to bring this topic back up and again, just getting used to, we're not getting used to, but being flexible with what your positions are or how you see the world, I guess, and then adapting and reevaluating. I think that's maybe the way to say it is there's definitely benefit in just constantly reevaluating decisions or in some cases, even values that you hold and then adjusting uh, your decisions and your life choices to that. So anyway, I was doing some research at that time, and it was really hard to find anything that was definitive beyond anecdotal evidence of who felt like having your kids at home and definitely having a parent stay at home um, versus what to be considering in the daycare setting. I did finally find, and hopefully I'll be able to find it again and I can post it in the show notes for those that might be curious. But one article that did at least admit this was an author who had her kids in a daycare center setting, 
so maybe have a little bit of bias there, but kudos to her. She actually at least put that in the front and center um, of the research that she was doing. And behaviorally was the main focus of her research and findings um, based on other people's research. And the over under that I found to be very interesting is that it said the inherent bond with child and parents, in particular the mother, there was no definitive evidence that that was shaken in any sort of a way with uh, kids that go to daycare versus uh, staying at home with a parent. And also any behavioral things, usually if there really were any that were correlated at all to daycare kids, they will have worked themselves out by about third grade. So if there even was one, which was debatable anyway, uh, it, it tends to go away really having a much stronger correlation to what the home life is in general. Or in other words, yes, you want to spend as much quality time with your kids and family as you possibly can, but emphasis on it being quality time. Just spending time doesn't mean it's quality time if you're just in a bad mood or, gosh, of course, worst case scenario, doing things that are detrimental to the kid. I won't go there at all. I mean, leave that to the therapists and and experts to kind of go further into what that is, but suffice it to say, uh, if you're not being a good parent in those moments that you have your kids with you, then that's not quality time. And that's not really helping anybody or anything from that standpoint. So that was one of my main takeaways there that when I was starting to really feel bad about the daycare decision and what all we should be considering, what we should be doing with it, um, that really resonated. And I think is probably very true. Again, something we've reiterated on the show as well when talking with guests that making sure you have your child's best interest at heart and doing the best you can as a parent has way more weight than any kind of a decision like this. The one stat that I did want to share that I took from this particular article and did everything I could to keep us at about this range basically said that if you got much over 45 hours a week in having your child in daycare, that behavioral uh, correlation that I mentioned started to show itself even more. So if you were under that for the week, it didn't seem to be as big of a deal. But over that, it seemed to be a stronger correlation. So when I first read that, of course, I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, 45 hours, that means you're working a nine-hour day and you're picking up your kid. Well, first incorrect part of that math, right, is, well, no, you're going to drop your kid off at at daycare before you're at work. You're going to work at least at least eight hours, I would think probably more like nine, depending on how your lunch schedule works. And then you're getting your kid after that. So you actually are more at like 10 hours for the week, if not longer, again, depending on what your schedule is, depending on your commute time, all these different factors. So once I actually sat down and did that math, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'm a little bit closer to this than I think I am. And and maybe we need to talk about ways to shave off at least a little bit of the time um, so that they're not just at at daycare, you know, for, for the complete bulk of the day. So we were able to work through that. Again, everybody's got their own situation. Um, I have mother-in-law that is in the area and she likes to take the kids uh, early, you know, a, a day here and a day there each week to, to keep the time down a little bit. And then both my wife and I have relatively flexible schedules that we can also um, cut those times down and so on. But 
I'm definitely a numbers guy. Anybody that's heard any of the finance shows know that I like to talk a little bit more in detail. So it was the only thing that I could find that had any kind of a numbers mark or anything that, that I could shoot at as, as a way to make sure that there wasn't any, um, detrimental effects, I guess is the, is the way to say it, um, for my kids and so on. Um, it, but then I, I think it bears repeating again, though. But after that, once you pick up your kids or, or do whatever else you're doing, again, emphasis on quality time. One other thing I'll, I'll throw out there that I've really tried to make a habit, not necessarily, again, with the pandemic, but I, I've read at some point, And it talks about, if at all possible, give your kid at least 15 minutes of their playtime, meaning you are playing with them whatever they want to play. It's their decisions because you're telling them what to do all day long. Their teachers are telling them what to do all day long. So it's huge to give them some time where they are the boss. They don't have to be afraid of being reprimanded for back talking because they get to choose what happens. So that's something that I've also really tried to implement in the consideration of quality time. 15 minutes, put the timer on. What are we playing? Especially with my daughter, that's an interesting one because I only grew up with boys. We did not have any dolls around. I've never had any interest in playing with dolls, but she's all about it. So hopefully I'm an interesting playmate when it comes to doll playing, but I wouldn't be surprised if I'm actually uh, not not the best for that because I don't really know exactly what to do there. So, uh, but But anyway, I think that is... Also, really, really something for people to consider. And then again, so wrapping all that back to the theme of what I wanted to get across as far as habits. Again, the, the bus stop that I mentioned I, I had just done. I want to be able to do that uh, pretty much throughout raising my kids, if at all possible. And I say, if at all possible, you can't just wish it, right? You've got to actually be making steps towards that. So I won't go into details there, but uh, well, I have mentioned, I guess, I, I actually was a work-from-home employee before uh, the pandemic. So for all intents and purposes, I should be able to keep the schedule that I have. And it will be um, part of my decision criteria for whatever else I go to do in the career space uh, is how flexible can I be. And there's articles all over the place. If you're on LinkedIn like I am quite a bit, you'll see where companies are starting to grapple with whether or not the employees are going to come in or not. Uh, Actually, even flashing back to that in the middle of the pandemic, man, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that commercial real estate was going to be struggling because why in the world would these companies keep paying for all of this real estate space, uh, commercial real estate space, when they can just have people working from home relatively as effectively and they're, they're saving all of that money? Well, gosh, Granted, the articles I see are for the real big companies, your Googles, your Apples, so on, that seem to be backing off of that a little bit. Uh, I'm assuming they've done some sort of studies that say maybe people aren't as engaged and available, be working from home as they had been being in the office, whatever's gone into that decision. But I don't think I would have predicted that in the middle of everything going on. It's like, yeah, again, I'm a numbers, a money guy, like, come on, everybody needs to be relatively protective. Heck, I just had a conversation with a colleague of mine the other day that I feel like I'm less productive when I'm in the office because you have those hallway conversations or 
the 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there after a meeting and everybody's going back to their desk and so on that don't occur when I just click off of my Zoom meeting or my Google Meet meeting, whatever it happens to be. Then I'm just back to what I'm doing. Uh, actually, I said it from the standpoint of I think when everybody else goes to the, into the office and I am still a remote worker, I may end up getting more stuff done because a lot of folks I know have said that their calendars are just meeting after meeting after meeting because I guess maybe a lot does get accomplished in these hallway discussions or people are just that starved for social interaction that they're making up reasons to have these meetings. I don't know what it is, but presumably if more folks are into the office, I will have less of these meeting after meeting zoom meetings to get stuff done. And that'll give me more time to do my day-to-day job production part of it. I guess I should say not the meeting part of it, um, which who knows might even give me uh, some time back just across the board. So all good from a, from a setup there. And I, I guess my message again, beyond the broader message of figure out what were the blessings in disguise for you and your work life throughout this unprecedented lifetime event and figure out how you're not just going to go back to how things were before, take the good stuff and, and continue to take it forward. And like I said, for me, that is really an emphasis on that flexibility. One other actually uh, article that I read uh, as far as people valuing their time and valuing that flexibility of work from home compared to being in the office. It was a survey in which people were given the option to have a $30,000 raise or stay as a remote worker. And I don't remember the percentage, but definitely the majority said they would still want to be a stay at home worker, which actually I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Now, again, going back to the social stuff and there are people that definitely just crave some amount of social interaction. So that may be it for them, right? That they just need to be able to be around other people. I'm not really that way as much. I can get my social interactions elsewhere, And for all the other reasons I mentioned for the flexibility far outweighs everything else. So I'm going to assume that that's why people uh, went that way uh, as far as not looking for a raise and really valuing their time over anything else. Again, I, I, I find that to be a plus. All we ever hear for America is we are consumer driven. We just want stuff and don't have good values otherwise. So, and that kind of takes me to the second topic or idea that I wanted to put across in today's episode, which is what I'll call the DIY spirit. It's a theory or idea that I've mentioned to a lot of my friends and family before just to see how they react to it as far as how you view entertainment I guess comparing, let's say, watching a Hollywood movie uh, or Netflix and chill or video games, whatever it happens to be compared to um, interactive entertainment, like taking your family bowling or, well, actually a really good example. I'm, I'm coaching my son's baseball team right now. We are playing baseball rather than going to a major league baseball game and watching other people play the game. I'm, I had the theory for a while, or at least I, I challenge people in a couple different ways of how they interact with Hollywood movies or with professional sports. 
compared to the more interactive forms of entertainment and which ones do they remember? And of course, ultimately, which ones do they value more? My premise is that if you really think about it objectively, you remember and appreciate those interactive or DIY entertainments more than you do just sitting in front of the TV. So here's one of my tests just to prove that when you watch a big Hollywood movie in particular, you aren't even getting that immersed in the story. I would submit, think of a big actor, right? Like Tom Hanks, I think is is a good example. He's had so many blockbuster movies and who doesn't like Tom Hanks, right? I mean, you've, you're going to be hard pressed to not think of at least one movie of his that you like. Now, of all the movies he's put out, how many of them do you know what his character's name is? And when I put this challenge out to most people, of course, I'll say, I'll spot you Forrest Gump because the name of the movie is Forrest Gump. That's his name. Can you think of any others? What was his character's name in Saving Private Ryan? What was his character's name in Philadelphia? Castaway? Any of these, right? So that, that's my first way to set this up is you're watching Tom Hanks, which means you're not that into the character or what's going on specifically. It's, oh, it's a Hollywood movie and here's Tom Hanks having whatever adventure it happens to be. Now compare that to maybe a play that you went to go see or a musical. I bet you could probably pick out at least a few of the characters. And I would argue, at least for me, it's easier to lose yourself in the story when you're not seeing such a familiar face that you see all the time. I mean, that's why they're celebrities, right? Because you feel like you know them and you you see them all the time. So even that uh, to me, like debunks a little bit of whether or not the movies are even that entertaining or even something that you otherwise want to do. I'll take that a step further. I was in plays in college and I guess, well, pretty much just college. I was about to say I did some after, but I, I didn't really, I, I could tell you most of the characters in the plays, not only, of course, I know the characters I played, but not only that, the other people's characters, of course, I remember the stories. No joke, I was actually just telling uh, a family member about one of the plays that we did in college from start to finish, and here's who I was, et cetera, et cetera, and remembered a ton about it. Again, ask me how much I, I'm a big Marvel fan, right? Like people joke and say, okay, yeah, they want to know superhero stuff, come and ask Greg. I could barely tell you the plot of any of the Marvel movies beyond introduce superhero. Maybe superhero has a girl in there. There's the big bad person that you want to recognize from reading the comic books, big battle at the end, end of movie, right? Like that's pretty much every single one. That's it. Uh, versus when I'm actually doing a play. And of course the amount of time, something like that takes, um, you're having so much more interaction with the other people. You get to meet new people uh, and, and something you get to be proud of on at the end of the result. So uh, that that's just one comparison. And then I'll go back to sports. Like I said, my son's just starting baseball. He did soccer before uh, I reluctantly became a coach. I'm not saying it was something I was definitely going to do uh, from the get-go, but they ran out of people, probably again, a COVID thing that they had less adults that were willing to volunteer. So I said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And it's actually been pretty fun. Not only just 
being able to interact with my son, but even just the whole team and lot, watching them learn something new, being able to teach them something new has really been exciting. That that kicks off my Saturday morning. Every morning as we get up, we get to the field. It's knock on wood, been really nice days up to this point. Pitch to these guys, watch them hit, watch them run the bases for three innings. And hey, that's an hour well spent to start the beginning of my weekend on a Saturday morning. What else am I going to be doing, right? Like just sitting and watching TV. Uh, Another hopefully instance where I'm practicing what I preach. This actually interacts with the daycare part, but you really have to always reevaluate and know what is of value for you. And then, you know, act accordingly Uh, for our gym. We started to get into the habit of going most mornings. My wife's a big fan of the classes. I would either run to the gym and then do some weights or or do other weights or so on. (laughs) I will say a bad habit on the other end is I've not been nearly as good about that as uh, I I was prior to the pandemic. So maybe when I get back to a health episode, I'll do a confessional (laughs) for uh, the things that I didn't get completed. and, and, and need to be able to get back to. But uh, at, at any rate, we, they have a very nice like kids club area and so on that, uh, gosh, video games and all bunch of different interactive games, game, board games, et cetera, et cetera. And actually a couple of my kids' friends uh, are even there at the same exact time. So at first I was starting to get paranoid. And again, back to the whole how much time away from us is okay to spend. And man, they're, they've been in school all week just for first thing on Saturday. We're separating again while we do our workouts. But when you think of it for the alternative, they have a pool there and, and again, haven't been able to do as much of it for what we've been having going on, obviously, with lockdowns. But um, prior to that, we would do the workout and grab them and then be in the pool and all play together for a good hour, hour and a half, and then go do lunch or something like that. And and let's be honest, if I didn't get up and go do that, or we didn't go up and do that, I'd probably be sitting at home again, watching TV, doing something not productive. And they'd be sitting in front of a TV somewhere else. So um, I think it's good to play those scenarios out and, and figure out, what's the good and what's the bad in, in those. So what I originally thought maybe was more of the bad in less time with the kids and so on actually ends up being a very good thing because it creates more interaction after the fact. Of course, there's the healthy lifestyle part of actually getting your exercise in. And then a couple more years when they get a little bit older, heck, they might even be able to join into some of the uh, exercise classes and things like that. And also, of course, for they're developing healthy habits. Hopefully they see what we're doing as parents and, and that's something that they're able to um, incorporate into their life. And certainly regular exercise is uh, about as important as it gets across the board. Um, so that is really what I want to continue to take forward is again, that DIY mentality. I was a guest on a different show and I choked and said, you know, I finally thought about it and I don't know that I've ever quote Netflix and chilled a big part of it. Don't get me wrong is that I am cheap and I don't think I've ever paid for Netflix. So that's a big part of it. Um, but the other is just try to find other activities and other things that you can create and do. Uh, I think I've talked about, I am very into music. I learned to play guitar when I was 13 years old, played in bands, nothing major or anything like that for, for a long time, but I really, really love it. And I 
listened to the songs that I wrote and recorded a lot. And of course, yes, the joke, oh, well, that's just because he loves himself. Well, sure. <laughs> Who doesn't love themselves, right? But there was a lot of effort that went into creating those songs and getting them recorded. And hopefully, for anybody that's putting something together, you're, you're proud of it on the back end. Um, compare that to uh, passive forms of entertainment, and you're probably not having that same uh, amount of, of satisfaction. One last example that I will give, and this kind of connects to the travel part. So my, my Tom Hanks example was one argument for why more interactive entertainment, as I'm describing, is a good thing to pursue. Another, and I, I feel like the music world, you probably could make this analogy best. And I'm also going to connect this to craft beer, so stick with me. When you go nowadays to a new town on vacation or you're visiting a friend that moved somewhere that you have never been before, whatever it happens to be, and if you're a beer guy like I am, and of course, the craft beer world has just exploded in the last, I don't know, 10 years now, it feels like, that I, I, I can't imagine you could go to a town and not find a brewery within 20 minutes, maybe even less, I would imagine. And for me, if I'm going to a restaurant or even going to the brewery itself, I ask, what, what do you have local on tap? And also, as much as it pains me to say as a beer lover, let's be honest. Yeah, there are some differences from one beer to another, but in my mind, it's like there's either a good, interesting beer or there's just bad beer. And, and I, for the record, I don't mean oh, all American light beers, your Miller Lite, your Bud Light, your Coors Light are the worst things ever. Now there's a time and a place for those. There are just some that are a certain style within a category that are not good. Uh, and then others, I think once they hit a certain bar, it's like, okay, yep, nice to try. And again, if you're in a local area, um, nice to say you, you had something that was local there. Um, there are very few go-to beers for me that I say, oh, I just always have to go back to that because it's, head and shoulders above even the the good ones, if you will. That's my premise. I'm sure somebody hearing this will say, oh, well, there's fill-in-the-blank beer, and that's the greatest thing ever. I'm not sure that's necessarily the case. But the point is, these different local breweries, local beers, can produce a quality product, and it allows you as the traveler to go and experience something from that area and also allows that area to be proud of something that is local. I mean, it's kind of using the same theme of a sports team that allows for local pride, which let's go down that one. I've got time of as much as I, I'm a come and go sports fan. Like in college, I was really, really into all my Pittsburgh teams uh, for a while through after college. Then I kind of got nostalgic and um, I grew up on baseball, so I started to go back to that. And, and now I'm getting to the point again where it's like, uh, you know what? Just go play baseball or play something else. You're going to have a whole heck of a lot more fun. But I know people that are not into professional sports make the joke. And of course, they're absolutely right. Like the only thing that ties the professional sports team together is they wear the same color shirt and they are playing in the town that they've been assigned, but they're not from there. They don't have any loyalties there. It's not like a team that grew up you know, it's not like Team USA where you're saying, okay, we're all Americans and we're playing in the Olympics against the other team. No, no, they were brought there uh, 
based on a contract and, you know, are, are professional players. So there is nothing. I mean, as much as I actually rail on college sports, which is a whole other topic for a, a different time, at least there you can say, well, these are people that came to the school. Now, you can and I will make the argument that with scholarships and so on, it's really no different. Yeah, they went to the school that you happen to go to and I guess you're cheering for, but they went there because they got a scholarship and they're looking for that to be a stepping stone to a professional sport if they're at one of the big schools, at least anyway, that has any kind of a following. So there's there's no more connection again than that other than you guys all happen to wear the same shirt. Um, now that I've turned all professional <laughs> sport people uh, against me, taking this back to uh, the comparison of local beer. And like I said, music, I think, is another area that you can use as uh, a comparison more and more with technology. It was hard to become a famous rock star anyway, right? And not that I keep up with the day-to-day happenings of the music industry, but as I understand it, well, I know for sure via the podcast that I can get very good free recording equipment and run it on a computer that costs three, four hundred bucks if I had to. Of course, the higher up it is, the more bells and whistles I'll have. But more or less, I can do that, right? I can get the instruments for pretty cheap and they all have really good interfaces that I don't have to have a hundred microphones to record something relatively decent, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, heck, I had a neighbor that was. I don't know, 12, 13, right before we moved this last time, he played for me some of the recordings he had made on his own, just using like samples and so on. And it was incredible. It was sound quality better than anything I'd ever come up with. Uh, so I know for a fact that there's plenty of, of stuff out there. And of course, what that means, just like a podcast, there's so much content, there's so much competition that it's, even harder than when I was growing up or certainly back in the 60s, 70s, so on to become a professional musician. I'll just leave it a professional musician, forget rock star and celebrity and all that, just making a living on music because of everything that's now out there and able to get to. However, in both the national scene and then certainly when you get to a local level, now that emphasis on record sales isn't there anymore because of your Spotify's and whatever else goes on there. Yeah, I'm sure it is a bad deal as far as the streams and how they get paid and so on, but not the world that I am living in. But that that definitely means musicians are getting more of their money from concerts. And yeah, your favorite bands may come through, et cetera, et cetera. But what about the local music? So that that's where I'm connecting uh, like the craft beer and so on. Like, Hey, get connected to your local music scene, whatever that happens to be, whether that's a local jazz club, or if you are still going to like rock shows, whatever it happens to be, I'm sure there is good talent in your area. And again, be proud of that as, as being part of the area that you live. And that also gives you that interactive entertainment in something unique to your town. For me growing up, there was one band from Pittsburgh. I actually, I didn't like them at all, but they were regionally famous. And so you could point to them at least of, okay, this is a band that's from Pittsburgh. Yeah. They, they seem to have done well for themselves. And, uh, I think that's something to also be able to to latch onto, um, and and again have those kind of interactions. And who knows? Maybe even bringing it all together that'll that'll help with some uh, sense of community that probably has suffered 
due to lockdowns and gosh, then you get into social media and all of that. Actually, I, I have said probably on the show and I know certainly um, offline that going back to coaching, I guess I hadn't really appreciated how disconnected I have been from my local community because I've worked for a company that is not based here. So I'm pretty much a remote worker, one of only a handful in my local area. And frankly, we don't get together for happy hours or anything like that. That's like, wow, I don't really, not only do I not know my neighbors, I don't know like anybody uh, around town. So actually that's been kind of, I was actually nervous about meeting people with baseball because I've been so like physically disconnected from the people in my community. Uh, But then once I realized, Hey, these are good people. It's been also exciting from that standpoint to learn who some of the people are and what they do around town, et cetera, et cetera, making some connections there. So I'm excited to kind of get back to that uh, to, to some amount as well. So that is my couple of themes for today. Uh, for those of you that are vaccinated and are excited about getting back out there mask-free and doing the things that you want to do, Yes, that's great. Yes, be excited about it. Um, but again, there, I guarantee you there's at least something that you've learned or have benefited from in lockdowns and, and everything else that has gone on that's worth looking at. And again, constantly reevaluating and constantly figuring out how new lessons can work into your overall way of life and day to day to day uh routine. So look at it and and see how you can implement it into your life and not just forget everything that's gone on, go back to the way that things were before. As anybody that's listened to the show knows, and I would say first and foremost is your family. Um next is your health. And then everything else from there probably is a distant third. Uh, so keep that in mind at all times and, uh, don't sacrifice either of those for money or prestige or, or, or anything else. So that's it. That's what I have learned. Again, I hope everybody is excited like I am to get back to some of the, the really fun things that, uh, we, we've been missing for well over a year now at this point. Tell me what you think. Uh, you can email me at greg at suburbanfolk.com. You can visit suburbanfolk.com and leave a message as well, or leave me a review or comments in the podcast app that you're listening to the show. Thanks, and we'll be in touch. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or all other major podcasting applications to be notified of our latest episode. You can also join our conversation at SuburbanFolk.com or any social media site, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the handle SuburbanFolk. Thank you for listening to my daddy.